So first off, I'm going to start with a couple questions. What do the rich and poor have in common? Who was wise and who was foolish in how he received visitors in the Bible? And then, um, hmm, I wrote it as, when can a person be content? That doesn't sound quite right, but those were kind of some questions I had going into this. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to Psalm 49. And there, um, this is a psalm that is written to uh, uh, inhabitants of all the world. There in the first verse, it says, To the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah. Hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world. You think about like the other verses that we hear, you know, as we've been going through the Old Testament and looking at different scriptures in the Leviticus, and it was written to the children of Israel. But here we have a psalm where it's specifically talking about to all the world. And then both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable. I will open my, uh, open my dark sayings upon the harp. Um, you know, in, in that you see it's for the, all the demographics across all the world. It's all nations, all, I mean, it's, it's, it applies to everybody. Um, you know, and here he talks in verse 3 about <clears throat> uh, meditation. So my mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. You think about the word meditation, it's to ruminate on something. Like you think of like a cow who... He chews it, he goes out and he eats, eat, eats some grass and then swallows it and then brings it back up later and, and thinks about it. And here the psalmist is, he's, he's taking, he's meditating on these, um, uh, you know, this is coming out of the meditation of his heart and um, about understanding, so understanding how things work and just, um, and wisdom which we know wisdom comes from God. You know, they're a parable. <clears throat> is a, it's a pithy statement, a, a metaphorical in nature. And you see that all through pro the book of Proverbs where he'll say um, in the Proverbs it'll talk about one thing and it'll say the exact same thing but a different way. It'll go back and forth. Um, you know, a dark saying, it's, it's a puzzle, a, a trick, a conundrum, a, a maxima. Um, it's a hard question, a proverb, a riddle. Um, and then there you see in verse 4 that it's, it was put to music. You know, it was written upon a harp. Yeah. Psalm 40, and then verse 5. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? Um, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. For the de redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. Um, you know, there in verse 5, you know, the psalmist is asking the question, you know, why should I fear in the day when troubling times, troubling times come and they surround me? You know, um, you know, they're, they're um, and I was thinking about this, when you come into verse uh, 6, it talks about they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. Um, 
And some illustrations of that I thought of was Hezekiah in the Old Testament in Kings, where he, uh, one of the kings of, of Judah, who um, in Second Kings and Chronicles, we see how he trusted God. God delivered him from armies that were larger than them. They, they had these, I think it was the Assyrians that came against them and were you know, attacking the city. And he trusted in God. God delivered them. And, but later on in his life, he became sick, and the prophet Isaiah came to him and told him, you know, get your house in order because you're going to die. Um, he, you know, he trained his face to the wall. He prayed to God, and God gave him 15 more years. But after that, um, this is what I was thinking of as far as that, that verse about boasting in their wealth and their riches uh, verse 6 is illustrated in, in, um, in how Hezekiah dealt with the ambassadors that came from Babylon. And when they came um, there in 2 Kings 20, 12, it says, At that time, um, Belor, ah, I'm going to butcher this name, but Berodekabaladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all, all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in his, all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day, shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, it is, is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? And there you see Hezekiah, who had seen God work mightily in his life in the past. And yet that wasn't the thing that he showed to these princes, or these, these ones that had come from Babylon. It was all the wealth that had been accumulated in their country over the years. Um, and I was just thinking of that as an illustration of that verse of, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. You see there that um, uh, that was the thing that he wanted to show them, and it kind of it showed, in a sense, his heart. But you also see a contrast to that in the way that the, the Queen of Sheba was re received by Solomon and her response after she had seen all the things that... Um, that um, going back to the time of Solomon um, in 1 Kings to contrast this with a different kind of the same situation where you have people that are coming and they're coming to, a, to 
uh, Israel at the time, and, uh, and in 1 Kings 10, 1, it says, And when the king of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And, this, and she came to Jerusalem with very great train and camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions that were not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men, happy are, are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loveth Israel forever. Therefore he made thee king to do judgment and justice. And here you see her response after seeing all this. It wasn't to, you know, she did recognize all the, the wealth that was there, the the, just the way that things were dealt with, but she also praised um, the Lord and recognized that God was the one that had blessed them. And she gave the king, a, and then she, she went on to give, give a, you know, um, 120 talents of gold and spices and all these precious stones, um, you know, and, and abund basically abundance of spices. Um, yeah, and here we see God, um, her praising God after her vis visit um, where with the ambassadors during Hezekiah's time, um, they left the scene, they saw the wealth and the treasure, and that's what they came away with. Um, and then verse 7 and 8 from uh, Psalm 29, we see just how precious each person is. You know, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. Um, here, verse nine, that he should uh, verse back back to Psalm forty nine nine, that he should still live forever and not see corruption, for he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. And uh, this is kind of where the, this, this psalm that we were reading as a family stood out to me because this was the day after um, uh, Queen Elizabeth's uh, funeral service. And I was just, I mean, it was the, this was the 19th. So it's like the day before I I stayed up most of the night watching all the pomp and the you know all the all the different services and the parades and the all these different things and you get to the very end and she's not taking any of 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 it with her you know you think about all the countries that she was over you know basically like a sixth of the world as far as landmass goes and yet when she dies she doesn't take anything, any, any of it with her. 
all that, um, the wealth, everything that she had, none of it, none of it goes with her. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, I, but, and then to, to just contrast that, the, this last, the weekend after that, I found out my aunt Debbie, who lives out in Minnesota, had died. And I was just thinking, what a contrast. Here you have somebody who owned everything, and here you have an aunt who, back in the 80s, they went bankrupt and lost their entire farm that had been for generations in the family. Um, and just to see... Um, her and Uncle Florin's faith and trust in the Lord through that whole time of they, you know, at that point they lost basically everything, but even went or most everything. And here, when she died, she they, basically as far as the worldly things go, it was exactly the same. She didn't, she wasn't taking any of that with her. Um, yeah. Uh, in verse 12, it says, Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beast that, beast that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings. Selah. Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave um, from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. And just what a, what a hope we have in Christ. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 58, it talks about, uh, here Paul talks about, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Just going back to that, the power of the grave, and, uh, you know, that, talking about God, he will receive me. O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And there in verse 16 of Psalm 49, it says, Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, dieth, he shall carry nothing away, his glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and none will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers, they shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perisheth. And I had a couple different thoughts from this, this chapter as, we, as I close here. You know, Paul learned how to be content in whatever situation he was in whether he had a lot or little. And, you know, just thinking back to that thought of, you know, don't be afraid when one's rich, when the glory of his house increased. You know, don't, you know, and here Paul learned to be content in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You know, and think of Paul. He had a lot of things that he could boast about. You know, um, but he thought of them as nothing that he might have Christ. In Philippians 3, 4, 
Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And just that, um, you know, it's not about us. It's about what Christ has done and who Christ is. And James talks about us being as a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. In James 4:13, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. So just, you know, life is so short. And, um, you know, as we, uh, I don't know, just that we would keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, right. um, let's pray. <laughs> well, Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you that we can, we were able to look at your word and just pray that you would um, take it and, and, uh, be able to meditate on it and um, think on it through this week and uh, just thank you that you've promised to never leave us to never forsake us and uh, we thank you and love you in Jesus name amen